Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. This is Terrence Wilson, lead pastor of Cool Church. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we want you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message. Uh, you got the Cool Church app, use that. There's there's like a couple thousand people on the Cool Church app. All the notes that I'm going to preach from are right there and um, just makes it easy for you. But I do encourage you to take notes um, because this series that we're going to be in for the next seven weeks has my heart. It is the heart of this house. And I pray that you get this and I pray that you apply this to your life. If you're online, I love you. Follow along with us. Um, I believe that this message will be a blessing to all those who hear. And if you're online, it's not too late to hit the share button. Share it with somebody that needs to hear this message today. If you got your Bibles, I want you to turn to 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 12. The reason that today is so important, because these specific verses are the verses that the church was founded on. This church, Cool Church, was founded on these specific verses. And when you hear them, you'll understand why. But 1 John, it's all the way in the back of your Bible. If you went to Revelation, you went too far. Flip a few pages before that, you'll see 1 John. I'm not talking about Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. This is 1 John. This is beyond that. So go towards the back of your Bible. 1 John chapter 4 verses 7 through 12 cool kids y'all in here cool kids make some noise let me see if let me see if y'all be paying attention in cool kids cool kids how you feeling I love that man kids be turning up I'm gonna sneak out and go to cool kids next week man I love it cool youth how y'all feeling I love it. The next generation is in good hands. First John chapter 4, verses 7 through 12 read like this. If you don't have it, it'll be on the screens behind me. Dear friends, let us love one another. That's a good place to say amen. Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God. That's good, but love is not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. That's a good place to say amen. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. Verse 12, I want you to underline this. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. I'm going to read that again. Such a good verse. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Amen. If you're taking notes on this first part of this Family Matters series, the title of the message is this. Complete love. Complete love. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this day. This is the day that you have made, God, let us rejoice and be glad. And God, I thank you for every 
person that came into this place today, God, before the earth began to spin on its axis, you knew each and every person that was going to be here. And I pray that I would lie down as you rise up. Don't let these words be my own, but let them come directly from your throne room of grace. God, open hearts, minds, and ears to be open and receptive to a word that will always be about Jesus. It's the only message I've got. It's a message on love. And love is not that we love you. It's that you so loved us. God, I pray that somebody feels your love in this place. Regardless of where they come from, what they're into, what they believe, Lord Jesus, I pray that they would understand that you love them because you made them and you gave everything for them. I thank you. I praise you. In Jesus' name. And everybody set? Everybody set? Somebody give Jesus a shout of praise. Come on. And I love y'all. Could you give it up for the greatest band on the planet? Worship was top tier, top notch. Chef's kiss, my God. Oh, man. I miss old TV. As I'm getting older, I know my sound guy's going to help me with some feedback on that side. But as I get older, I miss old TV. TV ain't what it used to be. TV is different. Like, any, on any given day, I could see anything on TV. There's like things that did not used to be exposed on TV that like we have a lot of exposure to now. TV is just different. Like, I remember TV growing up, and my favorite day to watch TV growing up was Friday. Because they had something called TGIF. And some of y'all that are too young to know what TGIF is, it means thank God it's Friday. Some of y'all don't need TV to thank God it's Friday. You're like, whew, work was tough. Thank God it's Friday. But I used to love TGIF because like the shows were so wholesome. It's like you knew once Friday came, you was going to sit around the TV with your family and you were going to watch TGIF. It was like family shows. Like some of the stuff that we watching today, I'm like, Lord Jesus. Like there's shows that I think are family shows and then when I really look and see the agenda of the show, I'm like, this is not a family show. It's all kind of agendas mixed up in our shows. There's language in our shows that would have been crazy to even say back in the day when I was growing up. They're making things that were taboo for us. They are normalizing them today. It's a scary world I have to raise kids in. Parents, I just want you to be mindful of all the things that your kids watch. Even our cartoons got agendas. Don't just be letting them watch it because it's animated. Another message. I love... TGIF though, it was really wholesome. I love those shows like step by step, step by step, day by day. Nobody knows that part. I knew that was gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Boy meets world. What a great show, Full House. I mean, oh my God, Full, I thank God for Full House. It gave us the Olsen twins, my goodness gracious. It's great. Oh man, Uncle Danny, oh man, it's, just, it's good. What was another one? Um, 
of all the shows. Perfect Strangers, you remember that with Balky? He was a nut. There were so many shows that cycled through TGI Fridays. And I actually, I, I actually did the research on it. You know what the most popular show, remember when they had like Mr. Cooper on, um, on? Remember Sister, Sister, Sister. Wow. Some of y'all only watched it because y'all was in love with a little boy from Immature. I was doing research. Do you know what the most popular show on TJIF uh, was? It was Family Matters. It was not Full House. I thought it might have been Full It was Family Matters. Family Matters had, and, and just to be clear, like I, I, I love it because it was a show of a happy black family. And it was the, the number one show in America on TGIF. Had 193 episodes. I mean, it was the longest running show on TGIF. And I loved it because when I watched Family Matters, like I got to see at least what a healthy TV family looked like. And you can say whatever you want about Bill Cosby and all the allegations and things like that, but there are some of us that grew up pre-Family Matters and we had things like The Cosby Show. Gave us a healthy perspective of what and a family could look like in America, especially a family of color in America. And I thought it was a beautiful thing. Family Matters was great because there were so many like just, just staple characters. You had the dad, Carl Winslow, responsible working man, went out to work every day, protected his community, was always making sure he looked out for his kids. But then you, ooh, you, 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 had, you had the wife, Mrs. Winslow. She ain't play with them kids. Harry ain't play. She looked like she was passing out whoopings whenever she needed to. <laughs> yeah, Mama Winslow. I loved it because, like, Grandma lived with them, too. It's so good. Like, that's how some of our families look. Like, Grandma stays with us. And I love it because it gave our kids the link to the past generations. It was always wisdom in that house. Then they had Eddie Winslow. You know, I, I, I like to think I was cool as Eddie, but my hair, my finger waves wasn't hitting like Eddie's was. Then you had Laura Winslow. Oh, Lord Jesus. I'm going to stop talking about Laura before I get myself in trouble. I was a young man. I don't even know what that means. Like, why y'all get, why y'all trying to get me in trouble? Y'all be starting stuff. Laura Winslow had a love interest and it was not me. It was Steve Urkel. Did I do that? See, see, y'all see the facade. At the heart, it was Steve Urkel. Yes, he took a formula and turned it to Stefan Urkel. But he was always Steve, man. And I, I, I love that. Here's the thing I love about Steve. Steve was not their family by blood. Steve was their family by choice. Like Steve annoyed them, but they couldn't get rid of Steve. Like Steve was literally a part of their family. And I love that because that's such a picture of church. Like, there's people that annoy you, but they're still part of your family of choice. There's <laughs> people you may not agree with, but they're still a part of your family of choice. That's a whole nother message, and we'll talk about family more next week. But the thing that I really loved about Family Matters is there was not one problem from week to week that could not be solved in the context of that family. I, I, I love it because even the show, like, the name 
was kind of like a double entendre. It was trying to let you know that families still matter. This is why our mission is to build strong families and to build strong futures. Amen? Because we believe that, man, families are at the core, man. If people come from stronger families, they'll be better citizens in the community and better citizens in heaven. Amen? If you don't have a good idea what a family looks like because you say your family is a mess, why don't you become part of this family of choice right here? Let us surround you. There's grandmas, there's uncles, there's aunties, there's, there's, there's all kinds of people in here that will surround you so that you can be the best you that God has called you to be. So it's like the family still matters, but I love it because that family matters as a double entendre it didn't just mean that families matter. It means that there's certain issues that are only family matters. Family matters. And this series is called Family Matters because if I could be honest, I'm so glad if you are visiting with us today or you are a guest with us today, and I really hope that you stay. But this next seven week is a, this next seven weeks is really about a family matter. I want to speak to the heart of everybody that calls themselves a part of this. We're not the Winslow family, but we're the cool family. If you call yourself a part of this family, you need to be intentional about being here for the next seven weeks because this is a family matter. There's a family matter that I want to discuss. And the truth of the matter is you cannot have a family if you do not have core values. The thing I loved about Family Matters is like every week I knew I was going to get a lesson based upon the Winslow's values. They always loved each other. They always worked things out. They were always kind. They were always compassionate. These were values that the family had, and I knew I was going to learn something about that. You see, the truth is all families have values whether they recognize it or not, and the values of your family will become the culture of your family. The question that I have for you is the culture of your family being developed by design or by default? If you're not intentional about the culture of your family, you will develop a culture, but it may not be a culture that you like. You have to be clear about what the culture of the family is. So well, I need to ask this to somebody today because maybe this is the first time you've ever even heard somebody talk about this. I know the last time I talked about it was in 2020 in the middle of the pandemic two years ago because I wanted us to make sure even though we couldn't gather in the same building, we understood the heart of what Cool Church was about. We understood our values. What are your core values? Do you know? Do you have them? Are they written down? Have you memorized them? Can you say them? And if you can say them, are you living them? What are your core values? Because here's the truth. As crazy as the world is today, your values will keep you grounded and give you peace. I don't really get too flustered when I see stuff on the news because I'm grounded by my core values. The Bible says these things are going to happen. So I'm not surprised when they do. But I have to ask myself, what is my foundation? What is my, your values will ground you and give you a foundation because the truth of the matter is, values are something that you should constantly think about. And whatever occupies your thinking will eventually work its way into your words and actions. What's constantly on your mind? The Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. I want you to think about these values and I want, to think, I want you to think, do I have values? And if I don't, I think it's important for you to start identifying your core values because when you know what matters most to you, you will attract what's most important to you. People talk about manifestation. 
The only way you can manifest something is if you have a good understanding of what you value. Whatever you value is what you will attract. You will attract what's most important to you. And the theme of this year, and we've already said it from January 1st, and we've been trying to say it as much as we can, is all in. We're all in. And all in is about what? Discipleship. We want to be all into this Jesus thing. We don't want to go halfway. If we're going to do something, we're going to do it all the way. Amen? But to be all in the cool church, to be all into this family, the family matter that I want to address is that we got to know our core values. You can't say, oh, I'm a part of this house, and you have no idea what the values are. I would honestly be worried if we did a test right now. And it's not your fault. Once again, the last time I talked about it, maybe publicly, I might inject a value here and there in a sermon. But the last time we talked about this on a grandiose scale such as this was two years ago. And there's been people that have come in that joined us online. And now, let me ask you, if, if you're in this place and you actually joined online in the pandemic um, and now you come in person, if that's you, raise your hand. Let me see. Look at that. Look at that. Just people that didn't even know us when we had 1,200 people in the building on a Sunday. Right? So, in order for us to start this next season, I want us to be grounded in our core values because if you don't define your values, it's going to be very hard for you to identify your purpose. I love what 1 Corinthians 16, 14 says, do everything in love. I could stop right there and that would be a good message. Do everything in love. Why am I saying that? Because our very first core value, and you should see it on the screen, is love. If you want to be a part of this house called Cool Church, and you really, really want to say that, hey, I'm a part of this family, you can't do that if you don't understand love. Love is the core of everything cool. No, we are not just cool because we say we are cool. Cool stands for created out of love. Why do we do everything in love? Because it's not worth doing if it's not done in love. Like the best things in life happen because of love. The best meals I ever ate in my life were not at a fancy restaurant. They were at somebody's house that prepared it in love. The best gifts I ever got in my life were not ones that people spent a bunch of money on. They were things that were curated specifically for me out of Love is the foundation of everything, even the best service I've ever gotten. So many people work in the service industry and the people that do their jobs the best are the ones that do them in love. Love, man, you can be a mechanic that's in love. I could tell when, when like a mechanic really loves cars. Oh my, the way they talk about your car and the way they treat you, oh my goodness. Or you go to a restaurant and a waiter comes to serve you. You could tell the waiters that's just there to get a check and the ones that really love the menu. Because they'll give you the best recommendations. I'm like, oh no, don't try this. I've tried this this morning and I'm a connoisseur of everything on the menu. And please, like they give you the best recommendations. Because they actually love what they do. It doesn't matter what it is, you're going to sacrifice and do it to the best of your ability when you love what you do. Cool church value number one. 
If you want to take notes, it's in your notes, but you should see it on the screen. But cool church value number one is love. We know we are created and we say it every week because we want you to get it. We know we are created out of love, by love and for love. We love God and we love others. Amen. I want to help you because when you leave this, your homework is to go and write your own values if you don't. If you ever come to my house, there's a chalkboard in my kitchen and it literally has all our family's core values. I have, pers I have personal core values for myself. My wife has core values for herself. But then we have our family values. They're written on the board so that my child can memorize them. And then we have values of, as a church. I would encourage you to go write your values. Say, how you even come up with values? Can you put that slide up that shows an example of how you do that really quick? Should be the next slide. Shazam. <laughs> Hallelujah. Can we get that value slide up there with love on it, please? Hallelujah. Praise God. Shout out to production. Y'all give it up for the production one time. All right. So this is what I want you to do. First, you need to identify what matters to you. Love is our first value, right? So, because everything flows through it. Like, like if you don't have love, then you can't even do all the other stuff that I'm asking you to do in the church set. Love. So the value is love. And you can create something like this very easy. And it doesn't matter the amount of values we have. We just happen to have seven. Seven's a good number, but they're all things that we really value. Uh, we had more initially, but I thought some were redundant and we, we edited down. But this is, how I, this is how Joanne and I came up with them. So the example, the value is love. Then, once you have a value, you need to create a clarifying statement. Do this for yourself. And you should actually like take your phone and take a picture of this because this is not in your notes and you can use this as a template for you to make your own values. Here's your clarifying uh, statement. We are created out of love, by love, and for love. We love God and we love others. Amen? So when I say love, that's what I mean. That we're created out of love, cool. Created out of love. Created out of love, by love, and for love. We love God and love others. Now, once you have a statement, you need to come up with a determinate discipline. What does this mean? It's something practical that you can do every day to express your value. Because it's one thing to say that you have a value, it's another thing to actually live it out every day. So my determinate discipline, every day, we live life trying to see the best in all God's creation. That's what I'm doing. Every, when I look at each and every one of you, I don't see you for what the world sees you as. I'm trying to see the God in you. I'm trying to see the God in you. We love, this is a very practical thing. We love all people wherever they are on the journey. If I say I love you and I only love people that are in the place in their faith that I am, then I don't love you. If I say I love you, but I don't love others that look different from me, act different than me, talk different from me, are different from me, then I don't really love you. Because my determinate discipline is that I love all people wherever they are on the journey. Regardless of our own understanding, we, be we believe that love brings the best out of everyone and everything. So what does that mean? I don't have to agree with you to love you. I highly doubt that there is one individual in this entire room that I 100% agree with you on everything. I love my wife. I love my daughter. I love my mother. I love my father. I don't agree with them on everything, and I love them. What I'm saying is I don't have to agree with you to love you. What I can do is listen to you, 
and try to gain some level of understanding of who you are regardless of where you are on the journey. It's a very practical thing you can do every day. Instead of just shoving your opinions down somebody's throat, sit around long enough to actually listen to them and understand who they are. It's a very practical thing you could do. The Bible verse, we already read it. 1 John 4, 7 through 12. Always add scriptural context to anything you believe. If you believe something that's outside of scriptural context, it's not God. It's not Bible. I should have the Bible to back up everything that I believe. Amen? Amen. And then finally... Not only should you know the value of a clarifying statement, a determinant, discipline, and a Bible verse, you need to know what the opposite of that thing is so that you never find yourself doing it. You can't know what you are if you do not know what you're not. We do not hate. I can't say I love and I go around hating on people. We do not hate, disregard, outcast, or slander anyone. If you walk around gossiping about somebody, you don't love them. If you're pushing people out because they ain't like you, you don't love them. None of those things. Why? Because none of those things has gotten anyone any closer to God. The Bible says it's the kindness of the Lord that leads men to repentance. It's the kindness. What does that mean? I got to love everybody I come in contact with. Whether I like it or not. (laughs) I got to love everybody. Because the goal of my love is to make people a part of the family. How will people ever get to be a part of the family if I hate them, if I disregard them, if I treat them as outcasts, or if I'm talking bad about them? You cannot know what you are if you do not know what you are not. And we will not ever be those things in this house. Amen? So I want you to get a picture of that because I want you to go home and determine your own values. Maybe before you determine your family's values, you determine your own personal values. Maybe you say, man, I want to adopt some of these cool, some of these same values are some of the same values in my home, but some of them are, are a bit different um, as, as it caters towards my family. But I want you to understand, you are the architect. You are the architect of the culture and the values and the life that you will live. God has designed you. He gave you a brain and he says, okay, go out into the earth and do something amazing. And he's given you all the tools to do it. Some of us have these tools, but we never use them. And we wonder why our life is all over the place. Why don't you begin to design the type of life that you want to live by being intentional about the values that you have? So now that we got through all that housekeeping stuff, I'm going to give you these three points and I'll go very quick so that you understand what love means in the context of cool church. And the first part of love is this. We are created out of love. So cool stands for. It's so funny because, you know, nine times out of ten when somebody asks me what the name of the church is, I say cool church. And they say, I can't tell you how many times I get that. And they say, cool. What's that about? And I say it stands for created out of love. And then they say, oh. It's always like that. Like it's not just cool for cool's sake. Cool is about love. And I want to take the verse that we read at the beginning. I'm going to go out of order in the way that the verse is written because I want you to understand these intricate pieces. So we are created out of love. 1 John 4, 9 through 10 says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. I can say we're created out of love because 
a relationship that was worth dying for was the reason that we were created. God sent his son to die for his most favorite creation, which is us. God created something in us that could receive the full expression of his love. How does God show the full expression of his love? Through sacrificing his son. But Jesus would not need to be sacrificed if there was not someone to sacrifice him for. We are the reason that God allows Jesus to come to the earth and make the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate expression of love. How do you know that? Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates. I love this because it doesn't say God says he loves you. It says God demonstrates. He puts it into action. His own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ dies for us. So that verse takes it to another level because it's not just God loves you so he sent his son to die for you. No, it says while we were yet sinners, what does sin mean? Missed the mark. When we missed the mark, when we messed it up, when we didn't do it right, he sent his son anyway. He sent his son to die so that people, you and me, who do not deserve it could experience love. That is the beautiful picture of the gospel. Why would God want to fully express his love to people who don't deserve it? I, I love this because he didn't just, I want somebody to hear this. He did not just make you to express his love. You are the best expression of his love. Yes, God made you so that you can experience the fullness of the expression of his love through his son on a cross. But before his son was ever sacrificed for you, you were made as a beautiful, perfect expression of his love. How do I know that? Because we are the only thing in all creation that is made in the image of God. The only thing. The birds don't look like him. Much as we love our fur babies, our dogs and cats, they don't look like him. We look like him. We are made in his image. You, ah, oh, I need somebody to hear this, man. Because people walk in, they look in the mirror and they, they, they don't even like what they see. When I'm trying to tell you, when you look in the mirror, what you should see is the fullness of the expression of God's love in you. He made you because you are the best expression of his love. Some people say, I still don't believe it. Do you know what it takes to make you? Do you? Like, do you really? Like, God, because he loved you, put 206 bones in your body. God, because he loved you, put 650 muscles on top of those bones. God, because he loved you, filled your body with 100,000 miles of blood vessels. God, because he loves you and wanted you to feel things, he gave you seven trillion nerves in your one body. God, because he loved you, gave you two eyes, the most sophisticated organisms on the entire planet. God, because he loved you, gave you a heart that pumps literally a gallon and a half 10% of your body weight of blood at all times because he loves you. 
God, because he loves you, created a planet for you to live on that has to live in existence with an entire universe and galaxy and spins around a sun on a perfect axis at all times because if God did not create this perfect environment of oxygen in alignment with the other planets in the galaxy, then you would not have a place to live. I don't know what else to say to let you understand the beautiful expression of love that you are. Out of billions of sperm that could have reached the egg, you are the one. You don't value yourself? You want to give up on life? No, with everything I just told you that God put in you, God placed so much in you. You are a beautiful expression of his love. How do I know it? Because this is the verse that Joanne and I spoke over our daughter's life since the day we first met her, Ephesians 2.10, that you are his workmanship. But I like the New Living Translation. It says you are a masterpiece. You are a masterpiece. Created. Created. A new in Christ Jesus so that you can do the good things that was planned for you long ago. He didn't just create you. He had a plan for you long ago. You, are, you know what a masterpiece is? The denotation of that word will be the pinnacle of an artisan's work. Just look at your neighbor and say, you're the best thing God ever created. I look at your neighbor, the ones you don't like so much because you picked them second. And affirm them too. Say, you're the best thing God ever created. Because you were created out of love. Understand the value that you have. The value that God sees in you. You are a masterpiece. God gave us the full expression of his love with his son Jesus because the greatest expression of his love is not just seen in his sacrifice. It's seen every day in his creation. You are the greatest expression of love that God ever created. You were created out of love. But you're not just created out of love, you're created by love. 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. God is love. And we exist not because of what love is, we exist because of who, who love is. God is love. And some of us don't know who God is because we don't know what love is. Some of us have all the wrong ideas about love. Love is not butterflies, love is God. Love is not a feeling, love is God. Love is not any of the things you try to make it. Love is God. You think it's a feeling when love is the source of his character. Love is God. Listen to what love is so you can understand who God is. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. You've heard of every wedding you've ever been to. Here's what love is. Get this. Because you can't know God if you don't know love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love 
does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of right and wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, it always perseveres. Love never fails. That is love for some of you. But for some of us, love for you may sound like this. Love is not patient. Love is mean. Love envies. Love boasts. Love is proud. Love dishonors. Love is self-seeking. Love is easily angered. It keeps a record of right and wrongs. Love delights in evil, but it does not rejoice in the truth. Love does not protect. It never trust, never hopes, it never perseveres, it gives up because love always fails. Some of us don't have a good understanding of love because we've had experiences with people that we have loved that have not loved us the right way. So when I read that, as bad as it sounds, there's too many people in this room that probably identify with it, whether they're willing to admit it or not, because they, they were told by someone that dishonored them, that they loved them, but they never really met love. You see, you can't know God if you don't know love. And now that you know what love is, and now that you know what love is not, let me tell you who God is. First Corinthians 13, four through eight. You can read that same verse and take out love and put in God, and you would know exactly who he is. God is patient. God is kind. God does not envy. God does not boast. God is not proud. God does not dishonor others. God is not self-seeking. God is not easily angered. God keeps no record of right or wrongs. Thank God he does not remember the things or does not even want to remember the things that I do. God does not delight in evil but rejoices in the truth. God always protects, always trusts. God always hopes. God always perseveres. God never fails. You cannot know God apart from love because God is love. If you don't take a moment to connect God's character with who he is, you'll never really know him. God is love. But finally, as the man comes back up, not just created out of love, we're not just created by love, we're created for love. And this is, this for me is the best part because this is the part that we get to actually really take part in. See, the other stuff lets us identify with who God is and identify how he loves us. This last part is our action step. We're created for love. First John 4, 11 through 12. Dear friends, since God so loved us, you cannot know love apart from God. God is the initiator of love. You did not initiate love, God did. Since, I love that, since God so loved us, I love that. So love. It's a love that you can't even comprehend. It's, it's a love before you understood what, 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 what a, a timetable of love. Why? Because God operates outside of love. He loved you before you were you. He so loved you. He so loved you. We also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. God wants us 
to love others so bad that he commands us to do it. These are the words of Jesus in Mark 12, 30 through 31. They ask Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? What does he say? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Listen, we could talk about speaking in tongues all day. We could talk about who's the most generous person in the room. We could talk about feeding or the disenfranchised. We could talk about being nice. We could talk about stop gossiping. We could talk about mental health. We could talk about anxiety. We could talk about all these subjects. We could talk about prosperity, finance. We could talk about all these things. But if you do not love God and you cannot love your fellow man, Bible says, love your neighbor. Who is your neighbor? The person that is close to you in context. In context to what? Well, in context to God. God is bigger than all of us. He's bigger than all of this. So in God, God said, who is your neighbor? The people I put on the planet with you. I'm the God of the universe. It's not just the person sitting next door to you. It's not just the person across the street. I'm God of the universe. An infinitely ever expanding universe. Who is your neighbor? The people I put you on the planet with. Love them. Because if you say you love me and you don't love them, then you actually really don't love me. Love your neighbor. And I love that because it's not just like love your neighbor. It's love your neighbor as yourself. God's command is clear. Love God. Love others. This is our action step. It's the message that we are called and created to spread. Whether you're at this church, another church, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. We all should be messengers of love. Not just with our mouth. With our actions. Our mission is to build the family of heaven by building families on earth. That's why we build strong families to build strong futures. How are we going to do it? Love. We're going to love people into the family. We're going to love people into the family because... Honestly, love is the greatest tool that we have to bring anybody together. It's not a coincidence all these people in this room today. You know what brought you here? Love. Love brought you here. I, I can say always the prayers that we prayed back in 2018 when we was believing for 2019. Guess what? Those prayers were guided by one thing. Love. Love brought you here today. Love brought you here today. Love got you in this room. And love is the tool that we have when we got nothing else we got love because loving people in the family is the mission of God and loving others I love this completes his love in us so I want you to underline that verse 1 John 4 12 but if we love one another God lives in us there's evidence that he's there and his love is made complete in us if we love others if we love one another God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Did you hear that? God's love is made complete in us? That word complete in the Greek is teleao. 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 And teleao means, for us it means complete, but teleao breaks down and it means finished or it means perfected. His love is finished in us. His love is made perfect 
in us. God, I love this, he's the great initiator of love. Love starts with him, but it's finished in us. Love starts with God. How is it finished in us? When we love one another. This is the gospel, friends. Love starts with God, but he loves us. And here's why I know he has to finish it with us, because we are created in his what? We can't live in human beings properly and live in purpose if we are not doing what we are. We are designed to love. Why else would you be created in the image of God? We're designed for it. So God says, I'm going to start something that all of creation is supposed to finish because they were built for it. So love is made complete in us. To complete or to finish means it's grown to a place of perfection. And the truth is, love is not complete in us if we do not love one another. For in order for God's love to grow complete in me, I must exercise it on all people. Not just the people I like. Not just some people. Not just the people that don't get on my nerves. It's got to be the people that don't believe what I believe. It's got to be the people that don't identify as what I identify as. It's got to be the people that have wronged me. It's got to be the people that have stabbed me in the back. It's got to be the people that has hurt me. Got to be the people that don't believe in me. They don't want us to win. Doesn't matter. You already won in Jesus' name. So I can love them because I know I'm a winner no matter what they say. If, like what would happen with all the stuff we see on the news today, all the war, all the crazy politics, all the hate, all the gun violence. What will happen today if we actually believed that every human that we came in contact with was a test for us, for God's love to grow complete in us? Like, what will happen to this world? Oh, she trying me today. Oh, God, I see what you're doing. You're trying to grow your love in me. You're trying to complete love. Oh, she... Ooh, she don't stop running her mouth, but I see what you're doing. I'm going to be silent because you're trying to complete love in me. His stanking self. I done made this dinner. He ain't washed a dish in 10 years since we've been married. He keep throwing his drawers everywhere. They on the ceiling. He is disgusting. God, I see what you're doing. You're trying to go. I see you. She trifling God, she'll never believe in me, man. She always put me down, she ain't got no respect. Oh! She running on my God, I see what you're doing. Okay. I see what you're doing. I see. You're trying to complete something. Our God is not a God that can leave things undone. So he wants to complete something in you. So if you're being tested, it's him trying to do the finished work. 
of love in you. Oh man. Like, how differently would you respond to people if you knew that love was being completed in you? How much more patience might you have if you knew that love was being completed in you? How many things would you dismiss that people say if you knew that his love was being completed in you? Because the truth of the matter is, the life of a Christian is a test to complete God's love in us. Because love is a choice. And God wants to see how you choose to love all of his creation. Summer vacation was great. It was great because I got to spend a lot of time with my wife and we, we sent our daughter to camp. Um, she was up in New York and it was awesome because she got a vacation from us. I think she needed it too. She's like, Lord, gee, I love my parents, but Lord. And before she left, I was proud of her because she ended this school year as the best school year she ever had, man. She, she dominated sixth grade. I'm like, you dominated it, girl. Proud of you, girl. Proud of you. I mean, was, I was like, yo, you, you, you get all your grades solid this year. I'm going to do something special for you. By the last marking period, I mean, I think she had like four A's and three B's. I was like, praise God, you killing it, Vava Wilson. And I made her a promise. I said, if you, if you bring your grades up, which she did, I said, I'm going to redo your whole room. So I got you. Don't worry, Dad, Mom and Dad, we got it. Because I wanted to encourage her, you know. She did the right thing. So, and I just encourage all y'all parents, man, when your kids are doing the right thing, encourage them. The world's going to beat them up enough. Don't beat them up at home. They're doing the right thing. Encourage them. So, I said, all right, you kept your end of the deal. I'm going to keep mine. So she went off to camp and she was calling me every day. Dad, you did, you did my room yet? <laughs> I was like, it's like, child, if you don't leave me alone. And the room wasn't bad. It was the first room we ever did when we renovated the house because we wanted her to be good. But that was seven years ago, and she was a little kid, so now she's about to be a preteen, you know what I'm saying? So I was like, all right, let me hook you up. She called me every day, Dad, Dad, you did it yet? And I was like, I, I told her, I told some fibs. I was like, no, I ain't do nothing. What you been doing all summer? Just chilling. Eating sandwiches, you know? I was lying. So, can you show what a room looked like before? It wasn't bad, it just, you know. So that was her room, it was cool. But, you know, she's getting taller, so climbing up that little thing was, it was, man, it was bad. She hitting her head in the mornings and stuff. So she, uh, we picked her up. We picked her up from the airport a couple, uh, about a week ago, myself and my wife. And we did it like, uh, <laughs> you know, I like renovation shows. So I always like seeing the reaction of people when they see like a room for the first time. I was working my butt off. I ain't gonna front. My wife knows. Like, I, I like to rest, and I did a rest, but part of my rest is making things. And I did it because I was like, you know what? I gotta do what I said I'm gonna do. I gotta keep my promise, right? So it cost me something and it took some time, but when she came back, we uh we surprised her. So here's the the Mama Razzi was filming her as she walked into the room. Could you show the video? Oh my god. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> you can't see nothing because you're. I cannot with you. 
Are you crying? No. Show in the room. There's a the front. Yeah. Made a light box in her room, changing colors. She had little parties up in there with her friends. Show the next picture. She was excited, man. Wanted to make a space for her to create. She's a little artist like us. She got music on one side. She got arts on the other side. She's been painting and playing music for the last week. Praise God. But anybody that knows me knows that my love language is acts of service. I like doing stuff for people. And my baby girl would know this, and my wife would know this. I've told her I loved her so many, I tell her I love her every day, every single day. There's not a day that goes by that my child does not know that her daddy loves her. But you know what? Saying it ain't enough. At some point, men and women, to show that we love people, we must sacrifice because love is not best seen in words. Love is seen in action. Love is seen in a father that always keeps his promises no matter what because I could tell that child I loved her but at the end of the day, after she saw that room, I said, baby girl, you know I love you, right? She said, dad, Trust me, I definitely know you love me. Why? Not because I said it, because you saw it. Your love is not love if you do not love others. But see, this love I'm talking about, it goes far beyond a father and a daughter because God He's making love complete in me when I love my baby girl, but he's also making love complete in me when I love my wife. He's also making love complete in me when I love my father. He's also making love complete in me when I love my mother, my brother, my sister. But you say, pastor, those are easy to love. I gotta love them and God is making love complete in me when I love the person that cut me off. God is making love complete in me when I don't retaliate on social media when people talk trash about me not even knowing who I am. But I love them anyway because God made them. God is making love complete in me when the people that stab me in the back could come to me right now and if they needed anything, I'd give it to them. God is making love complete in me when we don't agree, when we don't live the same lifestyle, when we don't identify the same, and I still say that the doors of the church are open for everybody. Even if there's peers out there that I have that don't believe that statement, and I'm not saying that to bash anybody, but love is not real if I don't love everybody. Because the love I have, it ain't real if it don't cost me something. The love that we are supposed to have. Complete love. Finished love. Perfect love. You know what perfect love does? It casts out all fear. 
people should not be scared to walk through those doors because fear should not be able to reside in this place because our complete love, our perfect love, a love that comes from the Father that he first gave to us is the same kind of love that we're going to give everybody that walks in this place, no matter their color, culture, creed, identity, or any other identifying marks. We will love them because God loved them first. And I know when I love them, God's love is made complete in me. I don't just love you because it sounds good to say. And honestly, I don't even have to know you to love you. I love you because God made you. And I hope you're a part of this family long enough so that I can show you how much I pray you're a part of this family long enough. You're around us long enough so that somebody in this place can show you how much. See, the truth of the matter is, say, Pastor, how you love like that? Because somebody else loved me first. See, before you were you, you were them. You were the outcast. You were the person on the outside. Somebody loved me into somebody loved me into this family and I'm so glad that they did. And the truth is if another human never shows it to you, before you knew what love was, before you knew who love was, love was willing to sacrifice everything for you. You see, God doesn't just say he loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I know it's a bunch of babies and kids and youth and adults in this room, but I would be a fool to believe that there isn't somebody that walked into this place today that needs to feel the love of Jesus. It's cool to get loved by your fellow man. That's where we get to come in. But you must first know that you are loved by God because you'll never be able to accept my love if you don't first accept his. With every head bowed, every eye closed. I don't know who I'm talking to today. He said, I need to. Pastor, I've heard about love, but I've never really experienced love because I've never experienced who love is. Love is not a feeling. Love is not a card on Valentine's Day. Love is not even a cool room for your kid. Love is a man and his name is Jesus. He loved you so much. He gave up everything for you. He gave up everything for me. You say, I've sinned. Man, the chief of sinners has presented this message to you today. And I stand here saying I'm not a perfect man, but thank God he loved me in spite of. See, the love that I know, that first Corinthians love, says God keeps no record. Love keeps no record of right or wrong. You say, man, I did a bunch of stuff in the past. Let me tell you something. You accept Jesus today, the record is wiped clean. You are forgiven. So how do you know that Jesus forgives me? Well, when did he die on the cross for you? That was thousands of years ago. You didn't even exist yet. But he died before you ever existed to forgive you of everything you'd ever do before you existed. His love transcends time. His love is not just a love for the past. His love is not just a love for the present. 
His love loves you in the future and His sacrifice covers you. So even if you think you're not worthy of His love, truth of the matter is, neither am I, but He did it anyway. Jesus died on the cross to take everything that He deserved and give it to a bunch of undeserving people. Why? Because He loves all of His creation. And if you want Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, if you want to experience love, maybe you have before, hey, it's time to come home. Maybe you never have. Today is the day to experience love. I don't know who I'm talking to, but on the count of three, I just want you to raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to come down. I just want you to raise your hand because I want to make sure we do this tunnel of blessing today. I just want to know who I'm talking to. I want to know who I'm praying for right where you're at. If you want Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. Hold it up right now. One, two, three. Go. Hold it up. High enough and long enough for me to see it. Yeah, I see you and 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 you. Yep. You can put your hand down. Put your hand down. I don't want nobody to see it. Put your hand down. I said all those yous because I want you to know that you're not alone. Amen. I want everybody to stand. I just want everybody to stand. If you raise your hand in this place, usually I would ask you to come down. Today I'm not going to do that. I want you to know that God loves you so much. He can meet you right where you are, right where you are. But I want us all to say a prayer. Bible says in Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart, he is raised from the dead, you're saved. Confess and believe. Confess and believe that you will really start to experience love if you've never experienced it before. Amen? So when you say this prayer, mean it. Don't just say it. You got to mean it because he died for you. He showed you how much he loved He died so that you would be able to say it. He died to give you an opportunity to be able to say it. Why? Because he loves you. Everybody in this place and online, if you raise your hand or not, I want you to repeat after me. Everybody say it. Say, Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus I've sinned. I'm not proud of it, but I admit it. Today, I lay my sin down. Take it, I pray. I don't want it anymore. I reach to heaven. To receive your forgiveness and take the place of my sin. I ask that you would accept me into your wonderful family. Today, I give my life completely to you. I'm yours, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Why don't we give a round of applause to Saw a lot of hands, a lot of people in this room. And if you made that decision, there's probably going to be a QR code that pops up. You can text that number, 94,000. Um, or you can go out to the courtyard. There's a gift, a free gift that I want to give you. You got it? Still got hands. It's a Bible in here. There's a WWJD bracelet, a letter from me and Joe. This is a gift for you if you accepted Jesus or you came back to Jesus. You can get it right there in the courtyard right after service. Amen? I can't open up the ceiling and show you what's happening but the Bible says that when one comes back to the Father there's a celebration in heaven it only takes one there's a lot more than one hand that went up today so I want you to understand how special you are I want you to understand how great you are on the count of three we're going to cheer louder than we ever cheered in our life and guess what it's for you because you made a declaration to say you love Jesus because he first loved you amen because you are created out of love on the count of three we're going to cheer all right, here we go. One, two, three. Let them know God loves them. Let them know they're beautiful. Let them know they're special. Let them know God put the best of creation into them, and he loves them.
Hallelujah. If you're thankful that you are God's greatest creation, why don't you give him a shout of praise in this place today? Hallelujah. How many of you know that you are loved today? How many of y'all got something from that message? Don't just go out and say you love. Go out and love. Action shows love. Amen? Love is best seen in sacrifice. That's why Christ shows us how much he loves us because he was willing to die for us. And nobody's asking you to go out there and die for anybody. Christ already did that. Go out there and live for him. Amen? Hey, it is 11.53. That might have been the fastest message I preached in the history of Cool Church. In the next seven minutes... I want to do a tunnel of blessing and I want to get us out to the courtyard by noon. But everybody that needs to be blessed is not here. Some of them are online. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do a special online blessing right now to dismiss the online audience. And then my prayer team, why don't y'all come up here right now. Get ready. Because as soon as I come down, the band's going to start playing. We're going to worship and they gonna, the host team will help you know, starting from the back to the front, we're going to have a tunnel of blessing. Here's, here's, what, we, here's what I'm saying. But bless the online folks. Who's coming through this line? Parents, students, people that work in education. Here's the thing. If none of those things are you, I'm not going to be mad if you come down and get blessed. We're going to bless whoever we want to get blessed in the name of Jesus. Amen? We're going to be contactless once again. All you're going to feel is a touch on the forehead from me and jo uh, Pastor Joanne. We'll have gloves on and we're just going to put a little oil on your forehead. If you do not want that, that's okay. We, you, you get a long distance blessing. You're going to be blessed wherever you are. I just know that that oil is symbolic of the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to go into the next season empowered. Amen? So help me out. Since the online audience isn't here. Everybody raise your hands up because we all going to bless them together. We're going to send this up to heaven so it come raining down on them, okay? We're going to bless them. Then the band's going to play. I'm going to come down and we're going to bless y'all. And when I, when I bless you, when I bless you, when I bless you, go back to your seat and we, I'm going I'm to I'm formally dismiss everybody. Is that okay? Okay. All right. Here we go. So everybody raise your hands. Father God, I thank you for all the people that could not be in this house today. Every parent, every student, God, that is watching online right now, every person that works in education, God, uh, from, from maintenance all the way to, 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 to the classroom, all the way to the school board. God, we pray that decisions will be made that positively impact the lives of the next generation. God, I pray that when teachers enter classrooms, their selfless heart that got them there in the first place will reign for the entire school calendar, God. Teachers give up so much so that we could all be better. God, I pray that they would feel more blessing in this season than they've ever felt in the mighty name of Jesus. God, for every parent that feels like giving up, that knows, God, that just knows, God, that their kid is created for something special even if their kid ain't acting like it. God, give them more patience, God. Give them more patience in this season. God, let them be more understanding than they've ever been to their children. And God, I pray for every child, every baby, every youth in this place, 
all the way from pre-k all the way to high school college level god i pray right now for all our kids that have gone off to college god let them be safe in the mighty name of jesus do not let them mix or mingle with strange people but let them stay fixed and focused on you fixed and focused on the objective and god i pray for all our elementary school kids all our middle school kids all our high school kids right now in the mighty name of jesus that no weapon formed against them shall prosper that gun violence will not reign in these schools this year, but there will be a heavenly host of angels standing there with fiery swords around the perimeter of every campus so that every demon and devil that dare go on a campus will be cast down in the name of Jesus. God, keep our kids safe. Let them feel love when they go on those campuses, God. And God, don't let the kids be enemies to each other. Let them be nice. I rebuke bullying in the name of Jesus. I pray that when cool kids go out, they show love to kids that are being bullied. That we don't let kids just sit to the wayside. We make friends with everybody because we just want to show love, God. Let our kids not just say they love God, let them show love. God, I pray you will remove every prejudice in the name of Jesus. God, any negative thought, any words of gossip, remove it from their lips, God. Rebuke bullying physically and cyberbullying as well, God. I rebuke suicide. I rebuke anxiety. I rebuke depression in the mighty name of Jesus. Build up our babies and let them know that they are your workmanship, your masterpiece created to do good work in Christ. I pray these things. I pray this is the best school year our kids ever had. And I pray you would make up the education gap that has been lost these last two and a half years because of learning at home, because of distance learning. God, I pray you would accelerate the knowledge, God. Let them make up everything they lost. I pray for these scholars that will change the world in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Worship with us as we bless. Come on. Thank you so much for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you heard, please consider sharing with your friends and family to be a blessing to their lives as well. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Are Cool Church. And always remember that you were created out of love.